It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. <laughs> Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. All right, guys, welcome back to the Coach Steve Show podcast. Today, sitting down with us, I have Coach Stevenson. He is the offensive line coach at St. Xavier University. It's up here in the Burbs. I think I know where it is. Uh, coach, thanks for coming and sitting down with me on the podcast tonight. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, we're in like uh, we're in a weird area because we're technically our area code is Chicago, um, but we're really like the Oak Lawn, Beverly, Mount Greenwood area. So it's it's. It's different. We try to attract kids saying we're in Chicago and we're not really in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, like we're guys before people listening, 
we talked for like a half hour before recording, just 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 because. Um, because I'm from by Champaign, so like we always said Chicago. We didn't talk about suburbs. When I went to Eastern, you met a lot of suburb people go to Eastern. And they would never say where they were from. If they did, we'd be like, what? And we just had to say Chicago. But then yeah. I realized I did the same thing. Because I'm from a small town in between Danville and Champaign. And so I always had to finally say, I'm from Champaign. Like, I just had to be like. Got to find the landmarks and go with it. Yep, you're absolutely right. <laughs> and then when then when I moved up here, I quickly realized, like, because in Naperville, it's DePage County. So we're like, no, we're not Chicago. All my friends say, well, Steve, you live up in Chicago. I'm like, I'm not in Chicago. So <laughs> with this pandemic, you know, people are blaming the city for a lot of it. So like, Steve, it's your fault. I'm like, no, that's Cook County. That's not where I live. <laughs> you're, you're in the wrong county, man. Leave me alone. Leave me out of it. Yeah, I'm like, I'm an hour and 10 minutes west. Don't even, don't worry about me. Yeah. No, my neighbor went to Richards. In okay, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's right down the street from us. Yeah, he's from Oaklawn. Um, he and his fiance just moved to Hinkley. So it's an all different experience for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um because Sean Lewis went to Richards too, right? Yep, yep. Because my my neighbor's older brother was in the same grade as him. Okay. Um so it's just a small world when I met our neighbors a year and a half ago or so. He was like, knows I like football, and he goes, You know Sean Lewis? Yeah, I had coach at Kent State. I, I helped out Springball Eastern when he was the tight ends coach there. Oh yeah, uh, me and my brother know him. Like we have his number, and I'm like, What? <laughs> can we get that number? Yeah, I know. I was like, can we get him on the podcast too? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, it's kind of like a weird area too, right? So you got you got Oakland High School, which is obviously in Oakland. Then you've got two big. Um, Catholic schools there. You got Brother Rice, which is literally kitty corner to St. X, right? We're, we're basically on the same campus. Then you've got Maris right down the street. And then you've got Richards, which is right in Oaklawn area. And then Evergreen Park, which again is a golf ball hit away from, from all that whole area. So there's, it's a big, uh, especially like the uh, high school route of where they're going. It's a huge, like, can I grab this kid from here and here and here to kind of get them to come to high school? And then there we are trying to scoop them up four years later yeah brother rice is pretty good it's not that bad when i was at charleston we had a team leave the conference so we had to pick up somebody well they had the bright idea to pick up quincy notre dame oh wow four hour trip to the quad cities from yeah and we got um charter buses well my friend who was a sophomore coach who i'd sit in the box for me he goes, I'm not sitting on a charter bus for four hours. I'm driving my brand new truck. If you want to join me. And I looked at the coach and I said, I'm going with him. <laughs> and so we got there in like three and a half hours. So we got there before everybody. So then coming up here, it's like 40 minutes is nothing. Yeah. It's a, it's a breeze. Yeah. When I was, when I was coaching high school at Marion, uh, Marion Catholic, we, uh, Every game, every game, no matter where we were going, we had the charter buses. I don't know how or why I played there too. I don't know how or why that ever started, or but man, it was kind of nice rolling in luxury into a high school game. You're in a charter bus when you're going 35 minutes down the street. <laughs> well, um, when we got the charter bus, 
they planned it out there. The principal said if you to the head coach, if you can figure out how much it costs, we'll we'll see if we want it. So he did, and I guess he was like, so how much are a school bus and paying the bus drivers are going to be? It was going to be like fifty bu- to a hundred bucks or so cheaper for the charter bus. Yeah. So he was like, or for two charter bus, we got two of them, I think. Um, he was like, yeah, like a hundred dollars or so, two almost two hundred somewhere in there, cheaper than a school bus. It's a no-brainer. Yeah, so the principal was like, okay. <laughs> because those bus drivers make like 30 bucks or 40 bucks an hour during the athletic yeah. time. Yeah. And so part and they're of doing, the- they're doing everything too. Like a lot of the guy that we had uh, at Marion, he would be the uh, the Bears guy. So he would go and drop them off, um, like take a day off, then he'd come pick us up. Next day he'd go and uh, pick them back up from wherever they were going. It was It was nice. It was a good deal for him. He was a really good guy too. But um, so you're at Saint Xavier, the old line coach. That's Division Three, right? NAIA or NAIA? Okay, see, yeah. I don't. I try to keep up. <laughs> Why did I think it was Division Three? I looked somewhere. I thought we well last year we played Wisconsin Whitewater, so you could have. I mean, you probably could have saw that game. Um, we actually had a real tough one against Whitewater. Um, came down to the last two three minutes of the game. Um, but yeah, we we're usually tops of the NA. We're usually, I mean. Not to you know talk like a jerk, but we're usually top ten in the nation in, in the NAIA, so it's we have a pretty good program over there. Now, who's your old? Co- how do you say your old coordinator's name? Mark Yannel. Yeah, uh, the the smartest guy I've ever met in my entire life, but hands down the goofiest guy I've ever met in my entire life. <laughs> well, he's going to come on here tomorrow night. Okay. Yeah, he's 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 a great now. That's a guy you want to talk any sort of pass game, any sort. That guy, he he's a guy to do it with, man. I um, he he can. I I thought I learned a bit going through the high school ranks and kind of figuring out what I need to do, and then I went. You, you sit down. You have two sit downs with that guy, and you feel like you just learned what the game of football is. I mean, the guy's an absolute genius. Um, when it comes to X's and O's and putting everything together and calling them and calling a game, he's just, there's, there's not many better. Um, I truly feel if he wanted, he could be at any level. I think he's very comfortable with he's at where he's at and with what he's doing uh, and the way he goes about things. Um, like I said, he's super goofy. Um, but as far as X, I mean, when, what, uh, 2008, 2009 was my first year at St. X when I played. Um he put uh, 52 on Hugh Freeze, who was coaching at Lambeth. Um, on Hugh Freeze and uh, the head coach of Indiana right now is his defensive coordinator, and he hung 52 on him. So, I mean, like the guy, he knows football in and out. He's, I mean, he's, he's, he's pure genius. And I, I, I couldn't feel luckier being underneath him. Um, but, like, he'll tell you um, everything he's learned or everything he's got from someone else, right? So, like, you're not reinventing what football is. You're just taking pieces of this and that and that. And obviously film study and doing that kind of stuff. But, yeah, he's uh, he's one of a kind, man. Can I ask you first? And then I was – so I got lazy recording. Like, yeah. I feel bad because um, there's Coach Sheffer out there on Twitter. He has his podcast. He's a high school coach in Virginia. Okay. I helped him start his podcast. I take credit because <laughs> I started mine almost a year ago, actually. Okay. I want I want it to be like an ESPN thing. I love recapping sports, like like the part of my takes of the world and all that. Like I would sure. love to do that, you know. 
and then COVID hit after I started it, so there was no sports. So one <laughs> one day, Coach Sheffer posts. He goes, "Hey guys, I'm looking to start a podcast." This was like in June, I think. Hey everybody! As you know, the Coach Steve Show is brought to you by the Unhinged Sports Network. And in case you've missed it, they've recently par- partnered with Fubu TV. Now, what is Fubu TV? Fubo TV brings you 100 plus channels, including NBC, CBS, Fox, ABC, ESPN, and more without the hassle of a cable contract. It is 2020, it's time to cut the cord. If you don't believe me, please click the link in the episode description or on the social media profile and you can get a seven day free trial. So please, again, go click on the link for Fubu TV in the episode description or in the social media profile, get a seven day free trial to support the Coach Steve Show podcast, as well as the Unhinged Sports Network. Recently, the Coach Steve Show has joined with the Unhinged Sports Network. It's an off-the-ground sports network that has different podcasts and is playing 24-7, so it's a podcast radio-type website. So every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, the Coach Steve Show will have a new episode out. And they have partnered with Fanatics.com. So what I need you guys to do is in the episode descriptions and on social media is click on the Fanatics link and go get yourself some fan gear. Any team that you want, they have the gear for. Shirts, polos, hats, pullovers that have zips, stocking stuffers, anything like that, anything. Any team you want, they have. So please to support the podcast and support the Unhinged Sports Network. Please click on the please click on the link in the description. Please click on the link in the social media and go buy stuff. They have anywhere, anywhere. I've seen anywhere between 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 percent off all, all their apparel. So with sports coming back, please go get some apparel to support your team. So again, click on the link, go get yourself some gear, and thank you for all the support. There's an app called Anchor, which is free. So I sent him a message. I was like, yeah, you do this. It's free. Next thing I know, he's like, hey, I want to do program profiles on like colleges. Like we can talk about their history. We can talk about their current thing. So me and these three other coaches come on with him and his just shot off. And then he's like, I'm going to start getting coaches on. So he just, there was like a week where he talked to like eight coaches or something. Oh, wow. Okay. It was crazy. And so I was like, I got to step my game up. So I started doing it. And then Thanksgiving rolls around. I was like, I'm taking a week and a half off. Sure. Can I get nervous before this stuff? I don't know how it's going to go. Yeah. You're pretty, you seem pretty easy going. So it's fine. Like there's some coaches where it has to be like to the point and like, you know what I mean? Um, and so then I started to get lazy. I'm like, I don't want to do this. I sit on yeah. Zoom all day. We're remote. So I'm like, I sit on Zoom. I'm tired of staring at all these other people's faces and talking all day and not having to see them. No, man, I hear you. Yeah, it gets it gets super monotonous. And uh, and like you said, the like easy going, man. It's football's a game, right? You're just going out there to have fun. And and once you start seeing it as so much work and bogging down, you know, breaking down film and all that, it's just it, that's not what it's meant for, right? Obviously, you you have to put in the work. You have to do what you're supposed to do, but. If you're not easy going, I, I just feel like you're gonna you're gonna become too uptight and start to hate what you're doing. And like that's not what football is, you know. It's 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 something we've loved since we were kids, and you got to keep it that way. Yeah, that's why I wanted this podcast to be. I took the same approach because we had no sports too. That was the other thing was like, 
Yeah. I coach high school football and basketball. I was like, I got nothing. And so, so here's the rabbit hole right. down in. Um, so since I didn't have football, no film to watch, I was listening to podcasts, watching Joe Rogan. I'm like, how is this so good? I was watching yeah. like film. Like, what does he do? And I realized he just talks. And so my first podcast were like interviews, which there's nothing wrong with that. Like, um, that's sure. Coach Jeffers, Nick. Like, he does these questions. Okay. And I started to do the same thing. I had I had so much pressure on myself to do those questions. So what happened was if I ask a coach to do it, I have to research their life to make sure I ask specific questions, or then I have to be like, do I have enough? Right. And so then it was like before every podcast I did, I was like nervous. I was freaking out. <laughs> and I'm like, why am I so freaking out? Because I'm almost to 100 episodes, not 100 coaches, but like 100 of these. Yeah. Which is a lot. Yeah. I, I think. I have no paper in front of me right now. Like, I just I just go. I feel like I've Pretty done this for 12 years. I'm smart enough, I hope, to like talk football. <laughs> but I can pick up pretty quick if a coach needs structured questions. Yeah. And so if that's what they need, I can come up with them. But yeah, that's my rabbit hole. I'm like, I, I, see, but I, I like that. I would rather, yeah, sit down and talk ball about anything, right? Instead of like, well, how do you run inside zone and how do you do it differently? Because nobody, yeah, you might throw a, a, like a, like a, a different motion or, you know, the, you're swinging a back or something, whatever, but everybody runs inside zone is inside zone. Right? Like you're not, you're not. Uh, Bill Belichick here thinking that you're you know better than everyone you, you're running the same stuff everyone else is it's um that stupid show what is it on uh Netflix uh last last chance you that mm -hmm. uh with the brown whatever the guy that got in all that trouble after the season um it's Jimmy's and Joe's not X's and O's right you know it, it's who you got in front of you and how can you make them work the best instead of you know your your X's and O's everyone's got the X's and O's Sometimes you're going to beat me. Sometimes I'm going to beat you with them. That's, you know, that's football. But how do you get the most out of your kids? And, and really, what are you what are you teaching your kids to become better people than, than where you started from? Yeah, some coaches on here, I'll ask X's and O's just because I'm curious. Yeah. You know Coach Mack? He's on, on YouTube. He has all the YouTube stuff. He stands behind the whiteboard or behind the, in front of the whiteboard. Thing. Coach Mack. Is it is it Ron Mackey? Is it that guy? He's one of them. I had him on here. Okay. Um, okay. His name is Coach McPherson. He does the fast play football. He's and he, if you look it up, it, he's got thousands on thousands of followers. Okay. I had him on, and we did exactly what we just did. We talked for about twenty minutes before recording, and we were both talking. I said, "You know, I don't have a paper in front of me. I was going to ask X's and O's. I said, but before we start, that's all you do on your channel is X and O. He stands low in front of whiteboard and draws something." Okay. And it's popular. And he goes, I'd be fine if you didn't ask me X's and O's. There's more to me than the X's and O's. <laughs> so, like, he's like, I love golf. I love WWE. Uh, I just started a podcast to let people know. And then we talked about this and that. And then I found I feel like an idiot because I said something about Marvel and he said something. So, a little bit later, I said, What's your favorite Marvel movie? And he goes, I don't watch Marvel. I was like, God damn. <laughs> But like, because he said that he goes, we can X and O all day. Like, if you only back, he goes, if you only back on to X and O, I can. Yeah. He goes, but I, that's all I do. And so I had Mackie on here before. Me and him have messaged back and forth for a couple of years. Okay. It was the same thing. Like, I mean, just a conversation. He loves Marvel, so we talked about which one was the best, which one was the worst. 
What do you think? Poor Ragnarok. Rock. That's your answer. He said that too, and I said, <laughs> I, he said it was one of the good ones. Or underrated. It was underrated. Okay. I said when I first saw it, I didn't like it. Okay. Now Thor: The Dark World, I thought was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Now Thor: Ragnarok, I didn't like it at first. It was like okay. Step Brothers. Step Brothers, I did not like the first time I saw it when I was in high school. Really? It took like the third time watching it to where I was like, oh my God, this is hilarious. Yeah. And so now I can still talk about it and be funny. So Ragnarok is the same thing. It was like the second or third time. I was like, okay, now it's good. Yeah, man. I, I, I'm a huge uh, Marvel guy, uh, Star Wars, Disney. Like everybody always makes fun of me. I'm like, I'm a pretty big guy and here I am. Loving Disney and, and Star Wars and and uh, but like uh, my offensive linemen that I have are huge Star Wars fans. So we'll just sit there and nerd out like a bunch of dorks. Like and then they go on the field and are whooping these guys' ass. And it's like how how are you sitting there talking about Star Wars when using the Force ten minutes earlier and now all of a sudden you're out there killing guys? It's it's super funny. But yeah, we we had a big text chain going during the Mandalorian and what we thought and you know all that kind of stuff. So it was it was really cool. Um, but yeah, no, Thor Ragnarok is my number one Marvel. Um, I think it's very cool um, the way they kind of spiced Thor up finally to be like the super, superhero he's supposed to be. Yeah, I just, I think it was, I don't know, at that plot where he goes on the planet, I think that's where it threw me for a loop. I'm like, what is going on here? Yeah. Um, but then when you watch it again, I'm like, okay. Um, I told him, I love the Ant Man movies. You know, oh, like, okay. A lot of people don't. They're not the best. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, people just overlooked Ant Man, and I'm like, I agree. Oh, and I think Paul Rudd's a great actor. Yeah, he's awesome. He was the perfect person for that. He brought. He was. He truly was Marvel, perfect. Yeah. Marvel had always had comedy in it, but it started to go towards comedy. Yeah. And he was the perfect person for that. I agree. Um, but people overlooked it. People say it's one. Ant Man's one of the worst. And I was like, I, I love it. I watch it. Um, like Iron Man two was awful. I wasn't a fan of Iron Man three, and yeah, after uh, I well, Iron Man one was great. I think the early stage movies outside of the Hulk because you got you got somebody completely different as Hulk. Um, but yeah, Iron Iron Man one, uh, first Avenger, Captain America. I think those are like great. Now Captain America two, the Winter Soldier, I think was just outstanding. That might be like a, as a storytelling movie. I think is the best there is, but I think, um. The further they got along with like their individual stories, it was like, what are we trying to do here? Um, until obviously the Avengers made it good. Avengers two was shaky. Um, yeah. Endgame though, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Infinity Wars I believe was better than Endgame, but Endgame was a salute to like all your your Marvel fans. You got everybody fighting on one planet together finally, and it's just like you know, time to get after it. That that's what I said. I watched Infinity because I was behind. Because I was coaching okay. football stuff, so I was behind. Yeah. And so I think it was right before Infinity War came out. I like caught up. And then I watched Infinity War. I went to Endgame and I walked out of the theater and I was like, that's the best movie I've ever seen. Like I was just in awe of it. I was like, that's the best movie. Then I went back the next weekend and saw it again. And then I started and then I went back home and I was like, I have to watch Infinity War again. Like it was just <laughs> my third weekend. So I was like two weekends in a row, I was like nerd. I was like, I'm gonna watch it. Yeah. And I was like, actually. Infinity War is better, but Endgame had more of an impact. Yes, exactly. I totally um, agree. And then, uh, sorry guys listening, if you don't want to listen to Marvel, just, just skip. 
But, but my, yeah, my, you threw me down this rabbit hole, man. That's I could, I could go on for for years with this stuff. Um, one of my my best friend growing up, Doctor Strange is like one of his favorite movies. Okay. And so when I was catching back up, he said, "Oh, that's my favorite movie. It's one of the best ones." I watched it and I was like, it was the same thing. I was like, what? I liked it, but I was like, it's not as good as like the Winter Soldier or anything like that. Yeah. Again, it took me watching it a second time and I was like, I love Doctor Strange. Yeah. And so I love watching Infinity War because I'm a huge Doctor Strange fan. I love Benedict Cumberbatch. That's the only thing about Endgame. I think that's why I think Infinity War is better. I was like, I need Doctor Strange here. Yes. Um, and then somebody said Iron Man 3 is going to connect to what's about to happen in Phase 4 somehow. Okay. And then which, yeah, which a lot, of, a lot of what came out later on is, but, you know, I, I get it, but I'm also, I'm a, I'm a, give me my information now kind of guy. I, I don't like to right. wait years down, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to be waiting. So I'm a, I'm a give it to me now sort of guy. But like you said with uh, Dr. Strange, man, that last 30 minutes you're watching, it's like you're, I've never done acid, but it's like you're on an acid trip. You're like, you know, you don't even know what the hell is going on. No, uh, I think that's why I will go back and watch it because I'm trying to figure it out. And then I'm sure we'll figure it out when his next one comes out. Exactly, yeah. Because um, WandaVision comes out Friday. Yeah, which should be awesome. Um, that that ties into Doctor Strange and then Doctor I'm waiting for the Doctor Strange because it's gonna he's supposed to be in Spider Man three too. Yeah. Um and I'm confused on WandaVision. I'm like, I have no idea what is going on. And it's only like six episodes, isn't it? It's like super short, I think. Yeah. What is it, six to eight? I can't remember. And then two are coming out Friday. They're gonna release two on yeah. Friday. Yeah. Someone told me that she figures out how to do the multiverse thing. Uh what's your make? yeah. That, that makes that's sense. why it's going to tie into Doctor Strange. And then either it's going to also go into Spider-Man 3 or the Spider-Man's going to go into Doctor Strange. Okay. Because they think the multiverse is going to happen in Spider-Man 3. Because Tobey yeah. Maguire was spot on set walking. Oh, really? They There was a picture that of him be... walking. Um, So they think it's going to tie into both. Okay, that'd be wild getting him, get Miles Morales in there, get all the different Spider-Men in there. That'd be sweet. Deadpool's supposed to be in the MCU. Yeah, I saw that, and they they let it be rated R, which is even yes. better. So it could be like the real Deadpool and not the Disney version of Deadpool. <laughs> and then they're talking about they might have the rights to the X-Men to come in. and Which would be awesome. That would be a great tie-in. There's just so much going on, and then I just said this today. I have not watched season two of Mandalorian. I I don't know why I haven't watched it yet. Oh man, let me tell you, it was. Um, so here's the way I see the Mandalorian. Um, again, this is great football talk we got going on here. Um, it's a show that even if you didn't like Star Wars, you could still get into because it's just like it's, it's almost like an old western meets sci-fi. It's crazy. Um, but the last episode of uh, the Mando, I'm not going to ruin it, but man, it it. it you're you're so jacked up. You're ready. You could run through a wall, and all of a sudden, your heart like explodes. And you're ready to cry, man. It's just so it's it's wild. But I absolutely, Mandalorian's my thing, man. I love it. Cause I watched the first season. Okay. And like, um, just you couldn't move. Like I, yeah. I was weary about watching it because I'm like, okay. I heard Marvel wanted to do their TV shows, and I was like, I'm worried about this. Then I saw they had Mandalorian. I'm like, God. Because the Star Wars, the, the, the last three, I'm like, just leave it alone. Though you know, they weren't terrible. 
but they weren't good. They weren't Star Wars. It's, it's like right. they weren't Star Wars quality movies. Yeah. A part of me is like, just they should have just left it alone. And it I was agree. storytelling with the directors. You know what I mean? That's kind of what screwed it up. So I was like, just leave it alone. And I saw the Mandalorian thing and I was like, guys, just leave it alone. Yeah. And then I think it might've been Mackie, Coach Mackie that was saying how good it was. And I was like, okay. So I watched it. The first episode, I was like, okay. And then you watch the second one and I'm just sitting there. I'm like, okay. And I watched the third <laughs> one. It was like Stranger Things. Like Stranger Things, I have to sit yeah. there and watch the whole thing. Yeah, that's, uh, and that's, and the best part about it is they're half hour episodes. Um, so you can kind of like, you get through them quick. You're like, man, I want more. I want more and more. And it's, it's right there available for you. It's awesome. Yeah. So I need to watch the season two before I won't get it done before WandaVision because WandaVision I'm going to watch. That, yeah. There's no if ands. Yeah. That's sit down and watch television. I agree. But with this COVID thing, I don't know. They started filming Doctor Strange and then they stopped just now. Um, and they're trying to film the new Thor movie. They're trying to do this. Yeah. And then we just need the, what's the one that hasn't been released yet? Black Widow. Yeah. Can they just, Which, I don't really understand that movie. Like how is that going to tie in? Because she's already dead. So like what? Something what happens. We, something happens. Something, something big has to happen. Otherwise it's like, what, what are we getting this movie for? Yeah. They said yeah. it sets it up. It sets up phase four. They said it just, it sets it right. up. And um, me and my friend growing up, he's big into this movie stuff, huge. So we did a podcast episode just talking about what we're talking about now, like a whole hour and a half. Sure. And we were talking right at the time I, right after we recorded it, HBO came out and said they were going to release movies on HBO and onto um, theaters. Yeah. So now we're saying Disney needs to do the same. Yeah. But they don't want to. They want to make the money. Exactly. Well, then they tried to do that with Milan. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Yeah. And they, and they made like nothing from it. Granted, that Mulan movie was hands down by far and away the worst Disney movie ever. I, again, I hand up. I'm a huge nerd. I'm a huge Disney guy. Hands down the worst Disney movie ever. I mean, everything that made Mulan great, they took away from her and then they gave her like these special chi magic powers. So I don't blame people not paying $30 to see that garbage. Yeah. Like a part of me doesn't want to. I told my, his, his name's Logan. I was like, Logan, like, what do you think they do if they release it to Disney Plus and he's like they won't make the money then they're gonna have to do it all the time I think they don't want to do that yeah. um, I said but when COVID goes away and it's going to people go back to the movies um, then he was telling me that he thinks that Disney might buy the movie theaters oh wow he heard rumble they might buy AMC 
Really? That's that's a big big investment. But then, because then you heard Tom Hanks say Marvel is going to save the movie theaters. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did hear him say that, which totally makes sense. I, I would get it. I mean, those those movies. It doesn't matter if you're seventy to two years old. Kids love and adults love, you know, action heroes and, and that kind of stuff. So I mean, that totally makes sense. But I told him I was like, you know, if they put Black Widow on Disney Plus, I don't know if I pay thirty bucks. And he and a little bit later he goes, Steve, you'd pay thirty bucks, wouldn't you? I was like. Yeah, probably. And, and and the more I think about it, yeah, I mean, when you go to the movie theater, right, you pay what twelve dollars for a ticket. I don't even know what it is, ten bucks. <clears throat> um, then you're buying popcorn, then you're buying drinks. I mean, you, you bring a date, you bring it, you're buying her some stuff, whatever the case may be, right? I mean, you're ended up paying thirty bucks anyway, so you could just pop the popcorn you got at home and, and watch it there. Um, so I, when you think about it, is thirty dollars a lot? Nah, not really. Um, so. I probably would, right? I, it, in my mind, I when you first see it, you're like, "Well, I pay fifteen bucks for a movie at the store, right?" I go there and I buy the DVD, and I have, it. yeah. Well, then you also have it forever, and you're one of the first people to get to see it, and sort of. So, yeah, I, I could definitely convince myself to pay that uh, thirty bucks to see it. Well, I told him I was like, "Disney, I can solve this for you. Release it on Disney Plus and the theaters. Mm-hmm. If it's on Disney Plus, there needs to be two options." 15 or 20 bucks for renting it. And when you rent it, you only get like the, the, the voodoo, you only get 24 hours. Then once it's gone, it's gone. Like you can't watch it again. Yeah. Or 30 bucks and you own it. It's yours forever. I agree. I, I would. Yeah. 1 million percent. That would make the most sense. And then if they really want to make money, this would suck for us as fans, but it needs to be like, if it was 30 bucks, it only be played on one device at one time if they could make right. that happen yeah which i don't know how they would but they maybe they could so that way like you don't have your family log into disney plus like i own it and when they log into something else and you're watching they're trying to watch back well hold on yeah you can only stream it one one place so i'm like they'd still make a lot of money you still release it in theaters for the part of america that can go and you i think you could do it and then if we go back to normal just just politely announce that you're going to put them back in theaters I agree. There's our 20 minutes of Marvel talk instead of football. (laughs) But see, that's why my podcast was originally called the Sideline Podcast with Coach Steve. Because I was like, I want to make make it football. So I was like, what's a name? Well, there we go. But then I realized conversations like this are going to (laughs) happen. So I changed it to the Coach Steve show. So that way, like, yeah, it could be about sports. It could be about Marvel. It could be one coach. We kind of talked a little politics, not crazy, but it it was the nice way to do it. Sure. So it was like that. So okay. That's why now, if this was still the sideline podcast, I'd be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa we have to be football." I think <laughs> hey, bring reel it back in, would you? Well, that's why I think I think back then. That's why I did the questions. It had sure. to be football. Now it's just like we're going to talk Marvel. <laughs> Maybe that's why this podcast isn't Joe Rogan level. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's better. I've been on this one. I've, I've watched a bunch of this. This is better. I'm not. I'm not here smoking weed and doing this and all that. <laughs> DMT and talking about the brain and how crazy it is. Yeah, I hear you. But no, reeling it back in. The reason why I even brought up the OC was, well, the podcast. So like I asked you and then I was like, I got to start recording a lot because if we do get football or basketball, I'm not going to be able to do it. Sure. So I think you, I asked you, then I realized, had a realization. I was like, who's their OC? And I quit <laughs> really quick. He follows me on Twitter too. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Didn't know people were following me. I was like, okay. <laughs> 
Um, that's why I was asking. So yeah, you'll never laugh harder than talking to that guy, man. He's 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 incredible. Because I was like, oh, I got the O line coach from Saint Xavier. I was like, then I get the OC from Saint Xavier the very next day, and then uh, next week I'm gonna get the head coach at Bethel. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Coach Harrison. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I have any other NAIA schools. Here at the Coach Steve Show podcast, we're very excited for our new sponsor for the show, the Launchpad Kickoff Tee. Pretty exciting that they wanted to sponsor the podcast and very um, excited for the opportunity to be sponsored by them. Um, the Launchpad Kickoff Tee is a very unique kickoff tee. It's, there's nothing like it. It is created so that way you can place the football however you want it. You want it to stand up higher, it can stand up higher. If you want it you know, to make it down lower to make the football be kicked off and go farther, it can do that. You want to place it to the side. You want it to stand straight up however you want. You could put it upside down if that's a thing. However you want, the Launchpad Kickoff Tee can let you do that. So if you're a coach and you have a younger guy or a developing kicker who is not reaching the end zone at all times, this is the perfect kickoff tee for you. The reason is that it gives a coach a strategic options on squibs and onside kicks that were never available before. This kickoff tee is legal for the NCAA use and for all high schools at the National Federation High School Association. The Launchpad kickoff tee, it is a game changer, guys. Having one here is a complete game changer. Check out the videos that they've posted. It's, it's amazing stuff to see what the kickers can do once they get this and get the kicking down and use this tee. So for now, what I need you to do, if you're interested in looking at it and going to buy one, please go to launchpadkickofftee.com slash CSS. And when you buy the one T, use the code CSS to get 10% off. But also there are other options using the same link. If you want to buy two, you can get 25% off. If you think you need more and want to go buy the four pack option, you can buy three and get one of them for free. So go to launchpadkickofftee.com slash CSS and use the code CSS and go get this game-changing kickoff tee for all you kickers and you coaches today. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, well, there's there's two Bethels. There's one down in, in Kansas, and then there's one in Tennessee. Um. And the one down in uh, we played we've we've never played the Bethel Kansas, but we've we've been down to uh, Tennessee back when I was a sophomore, redshirt freshman, yeah. And we went down there and played them, so that was pretty cool. They had a guy that was an absolute monster. You probably saw the YouTube video once of the guy. I, he was probably he's probably six five. At the time, was 350, 340, 350 and was dunking a basketball. Um, <laughs> well, he, I mean, he was just an absolute massive unit um and he got drafted by the bills from bethel tennessee and i actually think he's back there as the head coach now but yeah that was um they were always a pretty decent team coming up bethel kansas is a great team too though yeah i think that's where i got confused because well before because i asked him bethel one in tennessee is where brent dearman went and coached yes. out yes and that's where I got confused because somebody said, yeah, go ask Bethel University. And I'm like looking and it's at Kansas and Tennessee. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. I thought it was in Tennessee. Yeah. So that, that's when he was, that's when we played them too. Yeah. That he was there. Is that when they averaged 50 points a game? 
Yeah. I mean, we, we, hand up, we did beat them, but we were, I mean, that, that's the year we won the national championship. So, I mean, we were, we were pretty good. <laughs> you were a player then when, yeah, you- 2011. So have you won one as a player and a coach or just as a player? Just, just as a player. Last year – so this will be my second year at St. X. Um, last year we made it to the quarterfinals and um, lost to um, – what's the team? Uh, we've lost them three years in a row now, and I can't think of their name. Um, but whatever. Uh, so we've, we've, we've had a hump in the quarterfinals with this team. And um, oh, Morningside, Jesus! I don't know why I couldn't remember that. Uh, Morningside, um, and so we've we've had a hump with them, but uh, I think with the with the change of what we're doing now, I think it'll be uh, at least more competitive when we see them again. So yeah, we're like I said, we're usually like a perennial playoff team, uh, quarterfinal, semifinal type of team. Um, but yeah, back in 2011 is when we won it, which was one of the coolest experiences of my life. Yeah, when you win state titles or national championships, no matter what level, yeah, like that, that's the other thing. And I'm going to talk about it right now. I nothing against NAIA. Oh, how do I say this? When I was coaching, you always had kids that say Division One or bust, and I always told them like, "There's Division Three, there's Division Two. And I even said this. I said, "There's NAIA," and they're like, yeah. "NAIA," and I had to tell them like, "What is that?" <laughs> yeah, I'm like, "Well, it's not NCAA." But it's equivalent. It's just different rules, different things. But it's like Division One or bust, or one double A or bust, which like, is just laughable. Yeah, I said there's at the, at the time I went in order. I said there's good Division Three football, there's good Division Two football, there's good NEIA football. I said the difference is you have to go find those colleges. Now they won't find you, but you have to do research. Yeah. No offense to the schools, but like it's just like. I look like a jackass earlier. I thought Saint Xavier was Division Three for some reason. No, but but you're but you're right though. And, and the fact of the matter is, if you're Division One or D One or bus kid, you're probably busting because um, they would have already found you, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to find you your sophomore, junior season, and you don't have to have in your Twitter handle, you know, all glory to the God D One or bus. And it's like, okay, man. Um, let's think about where we're at and, and your skill level comparatively to everyone else. And I think, but the good thing about the NAIA is in division three can't give athletic scholarship, right? Well, NAIA can. And so we have an average system of, of how we, how we do things uh, with, without boring you with the details there. But um, so you can, here's kind of how I put it. Our best NAIA teams would compete in the top 25 of Division Two, but our worst NAIA teams would get slaughtered by the worst Division Three teams. So it's like it's it's like it's just like a, a very broad range. Like we played uh, uh, University of Indianapolis and beat them, right? And they're usually a, a perennial top 25 Division Two team. So like it's it's a very uh, wide range of what you would find in the NAIA, which is. Which is good and bad. I mean, because when you play those bad teams, it's like, wow. Uh, but when you – our top level of competition is is pretty top-level competition, um, which, you know, uh, can go either way. Last year we played um, Wisconsin-Whitewater, who ended up being in the national championship. Um, we had a few balls not bounce our way, drop touchdown. Um uh, 
a field goal that went in that they didn't call in. Um, and so we, we lost that game, I think, by like four or six. So it was super close. So for people that may not know, because I want to know too, how does recruiting work for NAIA, because I am not an English major, um, <laughs> because you hear about how we all know how Division yeah. One works. And then, like you said, Division Three doesn't have athletic scholarships, but they can give academic. Division Two, I think, is iffy. They can you can earn yeah, money along. I think they have like a so. Obviously, Division One has their set number of scholarships they can give every year. One double ACT, and I think Division Two has a set number that they give as well. For ours, it's like so, and I could be wrong here, so don't quote me. Um, but I think every school can do it a little bit differently on how they give out money, but it ends up being like an average system, right? So if we give one kid a full ride. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And you give another kid zero dollars. It averages out to the, the middle. And so that you're good. That's what the scholarship. And I think we get, I think every team gets 23 and a half. I think it is. So you could have 23 and a half scholarships on the field at one time. So that could be two halves equaling one, um, which so two kids can equal one scholarship, or you could have one kid equal one, or you could have three kids equaling one scholarship, but you get 23 and a half scholarships on the field. I think that's the number. I very well could be wrong. I, uh, I'm not a numbers guy. I, I teach English, so I don't, you know, I don't know numbers. Um, um, but it, it's, if that made sense to you, that's kind of what it, what, how, how it works. So then, like, what kind of kids do you look for? Do you go out and try to get the high school kids? Is it transfers? Is it anything? Yeah, no, we we uh, very rarely do we get a lot of – we'll get a few transfers here and there. We, we I don't know that we've ever had, like, one junior college kid come in. And it's not that, like, we don't want them. Um, but at NAI, it's kind of very hard to get them and get them through and process through and then ready for the next year. Um, so we're, we do high school big time where, um, so basically what you do is it, we recruit a lot from the Chicagoland area. I would say we have maybe 10 kids, 15 kids that aren't from the Chicagoland area. And that's like just reaching to like Wisconsin and Indiana, like they're, that's all we have. Um, but as you know, the football in this area is so good, 
mm-hmm. right? I mean, it, everywhere from from all the different eight A down to probably five A is really where we look. And um, you you know, in those teams, who's going D one right off the bat, right? Um, and then you kind of go to the next tier of kid. Well, if we can snag him, and he's like he's between a one double A or a Division two, we kind of try to sneak in there and give him like our pitch of hey, here we're we're in Chicago. This is us. Come you know, come play for us. We got a good team. Um, shot at a national championship every year. And once those kids fall, um, you'll kind of filter through the other kids who um, are Division two, II, Division three level, and you'll snag whatever ones you can get from there. So you guys don't have to travel all over the United States and No, now now there are teams that do. And I know I know that they go east coast to west coast looking for any kid that they possibly can. But our head coach, uh, Mike Feminist, who's absolutely amazing at what he does, um, he's got like a stranglehold on this area, man. And and he um he does a great job of pitching. Um he's probably the most honest guy you'll ever meet. I mean, he, he'll tell you the truth whether you want to hear it or not, but he's going to tell you the truth. Um, and and I think kids kind of believe in that, you know, like this guy's not going to BS me to, to the cows come home about whatever. He, he's a straight shooter, and I think kids really respect that. And, and on top of that, he's a good coach. So, I mean, um, we have a very good bunch of co- – let's see, outside of – so our offense quarter – Coordinator Mark Yannel played at St. Francis Juliet. Um, the head coach played at St. Francis Juliet. And then there's two or three other coaches on staff who didn't play, but every other coach that we have on staff played at St. X. So it's okay. kind of like a very cool uh, – it's really a nod to the head coach, right? He does such a good job that people want to come back and coach for him. Um, and that's I would say there's probably seven of us, if I off the top of my head, six or seven of us that have come back after playing and, and, and coach there now. Sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing. Like earlier we had a discussion about me and <laughs> that was high school. College is probably a little more professional of like, yes, if he's competing for championships, like there's something going mm-hmm. right. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And, and, and again, you, you kind of filter out, um, after you're done with the coaching or whatever, and then the next man stands comes in, and, and and again they look inside first of people that played there because they know the system, they know how it works, they know what the expectations are, and I think that's kind of everybody falls in line with that. And and like I said, Coach Fem does such a good job at what he does, and and how you know how again straightforward. And what he says and what he does, he, he's never going to lie to you. He's always straight up, and and I think people just truly respect that out of him. Did you guys steal recruits from Lovey Smith too? Because everybody was stealing <laughs> Illinois recruits from Lovey Smith for my <laughs> University of Illinois. Let me tell you, I wish we did. Um, actually, they had a uh, I coached who was a quarterback there and then left. Um, I thought we had a shot at him, but he was just he's just too good for that AI level. Um, Cam, he was, he was a very good high school quarterback that, that I ran a four, four was just a stud. Um, but yeah, he then went the Juco route and then elsewhere. Yeah. Lovey. Uh, I'm a U of I fan, so I had to put up with a Lovey Smith, but I like Lovey Smith cause I'm a bears fan. Sure. 
a good coach. I just don't think he's a college coach at at all. He he's a guy that I just and I you don't ever want to talk bad about someone, right? But I just think he's a guy that didn't really know what he was getting into with the recruiting and how hard recruiting in the Big Ten is. And so it was a lot of uh, a lot of labor, I guess you could say, that he wasn't ready for. Although I don't think he did. I mean, each year they got better, right? Each year outside of the COVID year, each year they got better. But I just don't think – I think with the talent that you have in Illinois alone and you let it go, I think that's a big way to – I don't want to say look down, but but a way that, you know, it, if you can't get the talent from your own state, how do you expect to get it from other states? Right. Because um, he was focused on Florida and the South, trying to get those guys. And then there was a point, we were very patient. We were very, very patient. As a, I'm glad I'm an Illinois fan because I'm not too high and we're not too low. We're right in the middle. Yeah. But he took over a crap situation with Beckman. Leave yeah, like that whole situation. Absolutely. So he glued it back together. But the scary part was every time he brought in a good recruiting class or like a good recruiting class, people also left. Left. Yeah. So something wasn't going right. And then I talked to another coach about he, we were talking about Lovey Smith. Then he said, Well, look at oh. Iowa. They know they're going to recruit part of Iowa, sneak into Illinois, and sneak up north for their big boys because that's where they get them. Yeah. Exactly. And, then they go to the, you know, east and down south to get the skill guys around. They said he's like, if Lovey would have just looked at Illinois and did that, they would have been fine. Yes, but I think, I think Bielma is gonna is doing that. He'll- I I I at first I was like, why would you hire that guy? You know, I, I um, but I really don't. I think it's a good hire. I I do. Um, he knows Big Ten football. He knows what to expect. I think he can re. I think you and I both know the way you, you win football games is is at the line of scrimmage. And I think he knows how to recruit the big boys. And, and if and if he can do that, um, they got a shot to at least end up better than where, where they were this year. Although, again, this year was – they had their starting quarterback out three weeks with the COVID stuff. And it's just – I mean, that, that's, that's – the whole Big Ten situation this year was crazy anyway uh, with the – I'm not even playing in the beginning and then only getting six, seven games in. It was just, that's, that's a tough situation to be in. It was bad leadership because somebody described it perfectly to me. They said the big 10 played, went to go play hide and seek. They went and hid to see who was going to follow the PAC 12 did. Then the ACC big 12 and SEC was like, hold on a second. And then the big 10 saw that it was working and that they could make money. And they're like, let's try this. Exactly. No, that's exactly what it is. And and it again, I I don't know how you take the say we were kind of talking about it before for Illinois football, right? How do you take that away from the kids? I mean, what you learn in football um, is so much more than just football, right? I mean, you you, who you become as a person. um, I I mean, I know you. I I can't speak for you, but what football has taught me and what I've learned and grown from, from it is just, it's crazy to think that. And again, let's not get political, but politicians are willing to take that away from kids. It's just silly. It's silly to me. Well, and we wouldn't be saying that if people didn't do it. So like people are, 
not to get too political, but like as it's been going on, people have said, I can't believe parents want to arrest their kids' lives. And this was at the beginning. And I got real mad about it because I'm like, you know, sports matter more than you know. One million and percent. Then, and then, um, then when, what was it, 40, 42 states played high school ball? <laughs> something like that. Yeah. And so that's the reason why we didn't get mad. Exactly. Others did it. I'm going to get a little bit political here. A yeah. Fo- a football coach or a basketball coach, I don't care, should be in charge of Illinois. Yes. And someone said, why? And I said, what do we tell our kids, no matter what level? You work hard. You work together. We work as a team, and we can get things done. And then as coaches, if we don't have the answer, guess what we do? We talk to another coach. So, exactly. so I don't know. Uh, old man Coach Leonard down at Sanker Hart Griffin, if he was in charge, don't you think he would call Indiana and Ohio and say, how are you guys able to play football? Let's figure this out. Yes. Instead of just shutting it down and saying, nope, sorry, can't do it. Like I think it was, what, 40, 44 states or 40, something, something like that? like that, yeah. Wait, so if they can, how are you willing to – I mean, not only are you stripping away an opportunity to go to the next level by taking away all their game film from them, but then you're also willing to take what you learn. And again, hate to be that guy, but if you look at our people in charge, they never played a sport in their life. So I don't think they really get it. You know, uh, it's, it's tough. Yeah. It's, and it's the last straw. Like, it's, yeah, it's finally, I try to be funny. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know if I'll get in. people up in the burbs. Don't want to say too much because they're worried for their job because of how politics work. I'm very, I don't say anything bad. I'm very funny. So I tagged him and the Department of Health and I said, hey, um, it'd be really nice if you just called IHSA, their phone is open, you know. And then I put the the GIF or GIF or whatever of uh, Days and Confused where he's like, it'd be a lot cooler if you did. And I just, <laughs> a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I'm saying too much to get in trouble. No. I'm very, no, I like very that. Um, yeah. And again, just let the kids play, man. I you don't want to get in trouble for saying too much. You're right. But taking stuff away from kids, I think is just wrong. And I, you shouldn't, you shouldn't feel like you have that much power to do that. And I think that in this situation they are, and it's, it's wrong. It's just wrong. The government's not made to have. Well, control. Yeah, no, it's, it's wrong. And I'm not talking about, about just who our leader is. I'm talking about overall. And now that they have it, when, How are they ever going to let go? When COVID's over and there's some business that they don't like, shut it down. Yep. So Which is terrifying. Happen? It's terrifying. So so easily they can just take take someone's livelihood away from them. Which, quite honestly, they already have with some businesses who who I know around here have shut down because of it. You know, it's it's bully ball and it's not right. Yep. Um, and I think the most frustrating thing of it all is I'm talking about sports. Now, the business thing, I'm not smart enough to figure that out. There's a way to do it. I just don't know. But for sports, I think what's the the reason why we're so outspoken now, you're seeing more coaches be outspoken, is because there's no meeting with each other. That's Yes. I know you coach in college, but like high school, if they were meeting every other week or every week trying to figure it out or meeting every day or other day, none of us would say a word. Put a plan in place. Exactly. Or, or, or like you're trying, but when 
the governing body's trying to meet and then you keep canceling and you keep saying this, you keep saying that. It's just like, what are we doing? Yeah, it's At wrong. this point, you might as well just say we're not playing. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. And that's kind of where, like, that's what bothers me the most. Either quit leading these kids on and tell them you're done, or let's come up with a plan and play. Because to continue to lead these kids on uh, of having a season, what, what, and whether it just be one sport of basketball or football or baseball, softball, what, whatever you're playing, don't keep leading these kids on. And then by the end of the year, oh, crap, sorry, we, we, we can't play any sports. Sorry. Well, it's like, dude, what? What have we been sitting here doing and talking about? It's just, I don't get it. I, I don't, I don't get it. And it, and again, if you, if you feel the risk is too high, then you don't have to play. And that is totally your, your right to do so. And I, I instead of taking away everyone else's right to do so, just set yourself aside and don't do it. I don't know. Right. Cause right. if you're high risk, I'm sorry, don't do it. Stay away. Right. Either stay away or go to the team and say, "Can I be like a filmer where I'm away from everybody? You're still Funny. part of the team. You can yes. wear the gear. Or he or she can wear the gear." Oh, trust me, us coaches had it figured out. We were like, "If it's high risk, don't come." But yeah. you can film, be far away, only interact with the head coach who's going to have the mask and face shield on or something. Like, here you go, yep. or use their own iPad to where they're not touch. Like, it, there's a way to do it, and. I don't want sports to get canceled, but it's just like the more it drags on, it's like you're you're dangling the carrot. We're all doing what you ask. We're cleaning things. We're doing this. And it's just, what do we get out of that? And, and then I think the people that say sports don't matter are people where I grew up. Like we didn't have, there were some kids I grew up with that had quote unquote bad households, I guess. But like, we were all fine. We weren't low class. We were all middle class. We weren't rich. We're farm. We're around farmers. Like we're just there. They don't see what happens in the burbs. I think that's what opened my eyes up. Was up here, seeing some lower income places, seeing this, and I'm like, no offense to East Aurora, it was kind of like that. Realizing those kids needed me, and this sounds bad, needed me more than I needed them. Yeah. It opened my eyes, and I'm like, oh, like we would have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches on Fridays before the game, and then after the game. You had kids come up, coaches, do you mind if we take some home? And we're yeah. like, oh, my God, that's their dinner. Yeah, that's all they got to eat. I mean, which, again, with not having the kids in school, uh, not to get, again, not to, but the same way, right? I, I, I teach at Bloom High School, which is more of a low-income area. Those kids would come to school, and that, those would be their two meals of the day, right? And And then so now what? You know, it, granted, we do have a bus service that is getting them the meals now. But like, we're also saying it's okay to just sit at home and whatever happens happens. Like these kids need an outlet to go and and whether it be play a sport or anything, but to talk to somebody to 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 hang around with someone else and do some. I don't know. It's just it's uh, it's a, it's a weird thing. It's a very weird thing. Yeah, I'm I'm scared for the future because 
I'm not the most social person, but the social that I've gotten from was sports, going to school and stuff. They are not going to have that. Yeah. And I told another coach this. It's funny. I'm trying to be funny and not be funny. Who knew that kids would be tired of playing video games? <laughs> You're absolutely right. I, 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 I teach remote classes, and it's like the way I think about it is in my head, well, if I had the chance to sit at home – and play video games all day or go to class, there's no chance in the world I'd be getting in that class. But all these kids are coming because it's somebody to talk to. They have friends in the class who they can at least talk to instead of sitting and playing mindlessly on their phone all day or whatever. I mean, they want human interaction, and it's really the only way they're getting it. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's one of two things. It's that or kids that I'm dealing with where they log in, it's a blank screen with their name, and then they don't talk to you. Yeah. And they're probably playing the video game, but they're logging in to say they're logged in yeah we, we get we get a few of those as well <laughs> now the best one and we can talk football after this the best one is we have one or two kids they don't hide it they log in they have their camera on and you see flashes and we know <laughs> what they're doing but if we're at the same time we're like well at least you're here with your camera on. yeah you might be playing fortnite or the new call of duty but by god and I told coaches, I play video games. I have Madden and Call of Duty, but I don't play as much as them. But then, I, like you said, I thought about it. If I was six, I'm thinking high school. I deal with middle school, but I'm thinking, you know, my Xbox is right there. I could play that. Yeah. And mom Lord. and dad are home. Mom and dad right. are home. And then I could just blame the internet going out. <laughs> or listen to this fat guy talk about English. No, thanks. I'm good. Shakespeare? No, thanks. I'm good. Let me move on. Yeah, it's like um, Coach Abba, who does the Chief Pigskin for the online clinic stuff. Yeah. Um, he teaches at a middle school down by Champaign, and he said well, they've been back. I don't know about now, but in August they were back in person, all of them. Their middle school was like five or 600, and they were all back at once. He said that first day of class, he just let the kids talk to each other. That's awesome. He That's great. Teach. He and I said, okay. I said, did you have a problem with the masks? He goes, no, they get it. They understand that it's got to be here. And he awesome. goes, I just let them talk to each other. He said their eyes were lit up. They just couldn't believe they were talking to their friends. Yeah. He goes, I didn't want to, he, I can't remember what he teaches, but he's like, I'm not teaching them. I think he's an art teacher. So he goes, I'm not going to teach them graphic design or something. I'm not going to do yeah. that. No, he's absolutely right. I mean, these kids need to see each other and be around each other and, 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 Feel what that feels like again. I mean, because me and you, we can get in our car and drive somewhere if we have to and go somewhere. I mean, these kids are stuck. They're stuck in their house. Yeah, sure, they can walk outside, but how much walking outside are you going to do before you get tired of that, right? I mean, it's the the interaction, which is why. So I've been fully remote um, for the year, um, but getting out to football practice in the la that we started last Friday was like the greatest feeling in the world. Like I got to see like my guys again, you know, and we're around them and having fun and joking. It's like, man, this is like, this is the real world. If we're back in it, it feels great. You know, it's, it's just, uh, it's like the little things like that, man. We, we, we need to kind of get back to that. Hopefully soon. Yes. Cause in Illinois, the rule, the thing was, if we get the vaccine pumping out, I don't know if I'm going to take it, but I'm just saying like, if it gets pumped out, um, I'm still weary about it. Um, Education done that close. Yeah, we almost have to get it. I'm waiting for that because what is it? One A and one B. That's the educators. Yeah. I think yeah. I'm in one B. 
we were, I think most teachers are one B the one a were really like the frontline people, okay. uh, you know, the nurses, the cops, the, the paramedics, them, and then one B and the older people, obviously. Um, but then we were, I think we're like right next up to get it. <laughs> and I don't know. I'm like, I'm waiting for them to tell me I have to, to coach. But then a part of yeah. me like, you can't tell me to do that to coach. Yeah. But then it's like, I don't know. It, it's so weird. Like, I don't get the flu shot. But that's just because I forget. Yeah. Yeah. And then unless I'm in the doctor's office, they say, hey, did you get your flu shot? No. Uh, oh, okay. We'll give it to you. Other than that, like, I don't openly seek it, you know. I did like every other year because my dad would tell us to like, oh, yeah, go get your flu shot because he drives by the CVS or whatever from work. And then when I moved out, they would still tell me to do it. And then like I start, I was coaching three sports, football, basketball, track. And then a part of me is like, I don't think about it. (laughs) It's the last thing on your mind. You're absolutely right. I'm not against it by any means. Right. But then this one, I'm like, oh, you've looked at it for a year. (laughs) I don't know if I want it. My, My friend works for the VA as a dietitian down in Carbondale. And he got, he had to get it. Okay. And so I asked him, I said, how was he? He goes, my arm is killing me. And I said, really? why? Because he said the vial is so big that they have to do. Oh. And so that needle is in your arm longer than a normal shot. I don't okay. know how long he said. And so I said, oh, that's not what I want to hear. <laughs> why don't you just tell me it was all rainbows and butterflies, man? I, I don't want to know that. But then the cool thing for him, I don't know if it's just because of where he got it. He has to update a update every single day if he has some, like anything going on. Okay. And it's a live feed, apparently. So he can go on there and immediately tell them, like, oh, I feel nauseous or I feel this. Okay. Well, that's I, think he, I think he's been fine. He's been going to work. So I'm like, that's okay. He's, I said, it's the second one because you got to get two. You know, it's the second one. Yeah. Then it worries me. Yeah. That first yeah, one is probably nothing. It's probably just like a. <laughs> cleansing out your system. And then the second one, they come in and put all of it in there. Or it's a chip. They're chipping us. I don't know. <laughs> You're right. See, I told you some rabbit holes. <laughs> so I, I always tell coaches, I'm sorry. We do down a rabbit hole. I'm like, oh, goodness. I love it, man. I'm all about the rabbit holes. Um, So what's it like? Te- you teach high school, right? Yeah. So what's it like being a high school teacher, but also coaching college football? Because you don't hear that a lot. Yeah. It, it, it truly, it, it it's kind of a blessing that my schools aren't so where I want to say Bloom is. 25 minutes away from St. X. So it's really an easy drive. And um, I think we have, I want to say three other high school teachers on staff. Um, So they kind of accommodate the coaching schedule or the practice schedule to us, which is awesome. I mean, they obviously don't have to do that and they do. So we get out, I get out of school at 245, change real quick. I'm out of school. Uh, obviously you usually have some straggler kids. You got to help or do whatever with them. I'm out of school by three, three fifteen, and I'm there by three forty-five. and practice starts at four. Um, it's, it's really nice. Um, but also I, whenever I talk to somebody new or whatever, I, I, it's very cool because you get, I teach freshmen, usually freshmen and sophomores this year, just freshmen because of, you know, situation. Um, so I get, you know, the 14, 15 year old um, kids who truly like this, these are the times of their lives where they're, they're, they're growing and they're becoming who they're becoming in the beginning. Right. And, and you can see them grow. Uh, and then 
at the end of the day, I go and I'm coaching grown men in, in, in football. And it's like, it's just a very cool transition going from, you know, coddling young teenagers all day to being able to kind of release into a football world where, um, not to say you're saying what you want, but you can kind of talk about whatever you want and do whatever you want with these guys and, 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 and know that like, we're here to make each other better. You know, like I, one million percent, I've learned more from my guys than I have of, of any coaching clinic I've ever been at. Right. Um, of, of who to be and who to become. And it's just like, a, it, some days it's tough, right? You don't want to make that drive. You don't want to go, but I, I just, I, I couldn't be more thankful for the position I'm in with, with them actually, you know, giving me a call and giving me an opportunity at say next. Um, and again, it's been a winning program for 15, 20 years. And it's, it's very cool to see because, you know, as I told you, or I don't know if I said on the podcast yet, but I coached at Marion Catholic uh, High School. And I mean, we've been not a knock to them at all, um, but we haven't been very good in football. But again, we play in the, if you were to ask me, it's the best Catholic conference in the state. Um, outside of probably Catholic blue or well, the whole Catholic conference. Now, now that they, they, they brought all the schools together. So it's all one big Catholic mm -hmm. conference. Um, so, I mean, best Catholic conference in the state. Um, and when you're not one of the top tier teams, you're getting beat up a lot. Right. So I come from that of, of getting beat up and taking your lumps and, and, and kind of learning from each situation. Well, I would have called this differently. I should have done this differently. And, you know, to now being at a program where you're you're winning all the time. And with those wins, how do you still become better even though you're going out there and, and really putting a hurting on teams at different times? So it's it, it's kind of cool to to see the different opportunities going from being in a, a very non-winning program to a program that does really nothing but win. So it's it's very cool. Um so was that like what you always wanted to do was get into coaching college or was it like, it just kind of happened? Um, yeah, no. It, looking back on it, you'd be like, Oh yeah, it's for sure. Always going to be a high school or a college coach. Right. No. Like, was it always in my mind? Yes, absolutely. 100%. I thought like, that's what I wanted to do. Um, but then going and coaching high school in the beginning, I think, was a great learning moment because if you stuck me in a high school game right now or, or team right now, I, I would be still having just as much fun and doing exactly what I love, right? Um, would I like to make it full-time college coaching? Yeah, I think I would. Um, it would be very tough to give up the teaching aspect of my life because, again, I – I love the kids. I love, you know, seeing them grow from, from day one of, of, of class to when they're, so I get them freshman year and to see them grow and then leave in four years is a very cool thing to see this kid grow up and who they become. Um, and that would be tough to leave, but I also, it, it's, it's a different game, man. Uh, going from high school to college, even at the low level college, it, it's just a totally different game. And people are there, and they know exactly what they're there, they're there for. Uh, they're there to, to to get an education and play football. Where at in high school, you're you're making sure kids are eating. You're making sure they're getting out to practice on time. You're making sure you know you got to go through all these little steps just to get there. 
And then now I've got to teach you the playbook. And so they, and they've got so much more going on in their mind where college, you go to class, you study and boom, it's football time. And that's what they're there for. Um, and they want to, again, lower level football, not many of them are going pro, right? You might get one or two out of this, out of this league. Um, so they're there just to play football, have fun and win and win games. And I think it's been a very eye-opening experience, um, to me as, as a coach of how different it really is, but how much more I like it than the high school level. So, yeah, would I, would I say in the beginning, yeah, for sure. I'm going to coach college. Well, no, not really because I wasn't a very good player. Right. So I, I wasn't a very good college player. So what would make me in my right mind think that I can go up and coach at the college level? You know, I, I, I don't know. Um, but did I always want to do it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I said the same thing in high school. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go coach college right in high school as a player. And then I started coaching in high school, and I really love it. And then I hear stories about guys going to college. Um, and your path's a little different than some. And I asked some – I've had some Division three coaches on here, and I said, do you think we're going to see less – do you think these coaches get recycled because there's not as many coming into the college ranks because of what they have to do because – you hear stories. They have to be GAs for six years. They live in the dorm. They, which is fine. Like that's what you have to do. But then you get this job. Like Mike Leach's book. He goes, "Oh, I'm three thousand dollars. Oh, three thousand a month." He goes, "No, three thousand dollars." Yeah, that's yeah. It, so. it, it. Coaching world, you're really outside of your top guys, right? You're never really paid what you think you should be paid, but you're also just coaching a sport, right? So you're not, um, speaking of Yanely's FaceTiming me right now, sorry, I got to tell him to shut up, I'm on the podcast. Um, <laughs> you're, you're never getting paid as, as much as you really um, think you should be getting paid because I, I don't know many other professions where you, sun up to sundown, you're putting time in your work, right? Um and studying film and doing all this again I, i've never had another profession so i can't really say but you you spend a whole lot of time and i mean your families feel it everybody around you feels how much time you're putting into that sport um so it, it is very very tough and to break in it's certainly not easy like you said you're gonna have to take that 2500 stipend stay in the dorms, eat with the guys because that's the only meals you you know you can afford. And who can live like and then you don't know how long you're gonna have to live like that, right? I mean you you could be there for 10 years or you can get lucky and your coach has a great year and he takes you with you. But what happens if he doesn't take you with you? Now you're stuck there still making that that money and and you know, I don't know. It, it, it's very tough. I was talking about with you the the job that I was thinking about taking. Um not to name any names, but to then I, I, I would be taking a 50% pay cut. And how do I now with all the bills that I've accrued uh, over the, you know, six, seven years I've been out of college uh, say, yeah, let me just cut that in half and go coach. You know, it's not, it's not something simple. Would it give me a step up in where I want to go? Yeah, absolutely. Because I'd be coaching full time, but at what expense, you know, like now I'm, I don't know that I can even make ends meet. So it's very, it's, it, it, it's a very tough profession to break into, but it's also, again, who, you know, um, it, it is a huge part of it. Well, like, I think 
I always tell even high school coaches, if you're going to coach, you got to do it right away. Yes. So like if you're going to do high school, like you need to do it when you're 18, even though you're going to college, go to the high school in town and say, can I just volunteer? Because then once you're done at 21 or 22, you might get a stipend right away. Yeah. If you wait yep. to your 21, 22 to go into high school, they're like, no, you have to volunteer. And then you're like, well, I'm 21, 22. I have to have bills and student loans and all that. Like I need a stipend. And then I think it's the same thing with college. I think right when you're done at 21, you need to immediately go be a GA. Yeah. Anywhere think, and everywhere. Yep. Like for me, I don't know if I could do it. Like, I think that's what holds people back is like, they don't know if they want to do it. So they go do something else. And then it becomes, unless you win state title after state title in high school, you ain't going. And when you go, it might just be division two. Right. Exactly. And so I think that's why you see some people get recycled. And then I had a buddy G8 at Eastern the, and he helped with the O-line. O-line coach gets a job at Northern Iowa, takes him with him. GA's there too. Now that their GA stuff was paid more. So he got a little bit more money. He moved up. Then they went to uh, UTEP. O-line coach took him with him to GA. That was his last stop. He was like, I'm done. And I said, why? And he said, there's a lot of shady stuff that happens that I just don't like. Wow. Like the business side of shadiness sure. of like, yeah. I'm going to get mine. I ain't worried about you. And the way yes. these players get traded. And then I had a coach on from last chance, you actually at independence. Okay. Um, and he was telling me oh, how man. things work with Juco and, they're like, tr some of these kids are like trading cards. Yeah. If you take this kid, you also have to take this kid. Uh, mm -hmm. But then, or they'll talk to the division one coach and say, I'm going to send you this kid, fix him, and then send him back. It's, it, which to me is just, this might be my naivety. You know, I, I, I don't know. Um, but the way... Uh, it's it's a sport it's a game right it's it's meant to be fun and once you like you said you pass that threshold of it no longer being fun and it's more of a business and it's a it's a what can you do for me instead of what can we do for each other it just becomes it, it it's just seems wrong you know it just it, like you're, you're exploiting kids and at what expense to make yourself and you're you put an extra w next to your name in the, in the column that just it seems crazy to me. And, and again, I, I could be very naive in saying that. I, I don't know. Um, but again, all I've ever known was was small college football where you're there for one goal and it's to win a championship and, and, and become a better person. Um, so it's it's very, very odd and strange. I have almost like a similar story. Um, it actually ends up kind of crazy. Um, so I grew up with um, their last name is Kelly. Um, um Tim and Dennis. Dennis actually now plays left tackle for, I'm sorry, right tackle for the Titans. Um, grew up, played with him my entire life, back to St. Karen, all the way from Marion Catholic. He went to Purdue and then made it to the pros. Um, his brother, Tim, played at Eastern Illinois um, and then uh, got into the kind of the coaching world. And when all that stuff went down with Penn State, Bill O'Brien took over and he kind of brought him in with him. Um, Bill O'Brien takes over at the Texans. He brings Tim Kelly with him. Tim Kelly's now the, the tight ends coach. He works his way up from the tight ends coach, keeps moving forward up, up, and up. 
And now all of a sudden he's the offensive coordinator for the Titans and Bill O'Brien's not even there anymore. You know, it's crazy. Just like the, the way the coaching world works and what happens and the, the, like you said, the recycling of here, this guy's going here. So now Tim gets kind of put in a hard place because O'Brien takes the um, OC job at, at Alabama. Well, now does he stay at, do the Texans keep him? Do they not? Is he now left on an Island by himself of what he's doing? You know, it's kind of tough. It's a very tough business to uh, one break into. And then on top of that, stay in. It's a, what have you done for me lately? And who, and who, you know, yep. And then the what you know can happen later. And that's kind of what I was like hitting at it earlier. Like, it doesn't – football is football. You're never really going to reinvent the wheel, right? Um, you look at RPO stuff now, right? All you're doing is taking what, what Veer option was of, of reading a guy, except now you're just throwing the ball, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really the same thing. You're just looking at a different level of, of who you're hand, either handing it off to or throwing it. Um, so nothing ever is very new in football. You can do different things. You can, you know, try to mess up in your game planning against a defense. But, like, what you know usually has very little to do with it because it, I, from, from pros down to the, the high school, the worst high school, <clears throat> I wouldn't ever say, like, a coach is – dumb right you got to know football to get a job and if you know your your basic x's and o's you can create different stuff from it but there's nothing ever like now again when rpos first came in and they were the new hot craze yeah sure like it was it was new but it's really not new because you're still optioning a different all you're doing is optioning a different linebacker and you're throwing instead of handing it off it's just it's it's i don't know football's football you go out there you play and you hope your jimmies and joes are better than theirs yeah, I say Jimmy's and Joe's and X's and O's, and I tell you why. You can have Jimmy's and Joe's, but you have to put them in the right spot and get them to buy in and all that. Like Absolutely. Phil Jackson got Michael Jordan to play. Phil Jackson got Kobe Bryant to play. Yes. Now, at the end of the day, yes, Jimmy's and Joe's take over at some point. Even if you don't put them in the right spot all the time, they figure out a way. Like Alabama had the Jimmy's and Joe's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that was also just so exciting to watch that team play football. And Sarkeesian is reborn as a play caller. Like I know he had yeah. the Heisman Trophy winners, but like he, Lane Kiffin's a great play caller. But Lane Kiffin really opens up the playbook when it gets down to the big games. Sarkeesian's like, no, I'm going to do what I did all year. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going to keep it simple. His stuff is real simple, actually. He just he just disguises it, and that's where football gets complicated. We make football complicated, right? Like exactly. You can, you can tell me a terminology you use right now. And it's going to sound different than what I've ever heard in my life. But I can go look at my our playbook or whatever. I'm like, wait a minute. We do the same thing. We just call it this. Exactly. And you have it. No, you're you're 1 million percent right. Exactly. That's And and, and are you putting – that's really what coaching, coaching comes down to. Are you, are you putting your players in the best position to win? I mean, again, like you said, our playbooks are probably pretty similar. But we also, you know, are – do you, are you calling the same third and eight situations that we are, you know, it, it, in your red zone? What are you doing and what are we doing? You know, it's, it's, it's just, uh, that's what I think comes down to coaching is do you know what to do in the right situations when you have the right players? Right. And then a big thing I've learned as I get older as a coach is you can have X's and O's, you can have the playbook. You can even teeter the playbook to your players. The big thing people ignore is drills. 
and you don't want to get too complicated, but you also got to cater to the kids. So like I hear the story all the time, Nick Saban, he would tell you his corners had to have this specific stance. He gets to Alabama. It's the same thing, but then he starts to realize, Oh, if this kid stands this way, it's better. And so I can sit here and say, we're air raid team and they can pick it up all they want. But if you don't teach it the way the kids can pick up on it, then, or you could say, Oh, I saw Mike Leach teaches offensive line this. I'm going to go do it in the stance. But then I get to high school. I'm like, well, they can't pick up this drill. They can't pick this up. How do I cater to it? And that's where I think we all make mistakes because we like to steal things. I steal things. Oh, yeah. And I have we, drills that probably I will never use, but it's there. We we run the same drills every single day um, at, at St. X. And the kids, they hate them because it's so monotonous. But until you can get it down, but we call them the Iowa drills. We stole them for friends, right? And it's, we do the same thing every single day, every single inside zone right, inside zone left. Uh, you take your steps and you're running, right? And we, so when I was playing, um, we were a duck walking team. We had, you know, big tata splits. They were probably two, three yards apart. They were huge, you know. Um, and now we were we're close together, and we are running off the ball. And there, there's no duck walking involved. You are sprinting to your man. You're getting fitted, and you're you're moving. And I think if you're not willing to um, grow and become different um, based on what you're seeing from other people, then I, I think you're 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 hurting yourself. So I, I one million percent agree. But like the Iowa drills, we do every single day, and, and and as simple as they seem, I don't think anything has helped our line more than doing those drills because you could see it directly from what you do in practice to right into the practice film into the game, and like you're able, because basically what you do is you, you you put everybody on on a yard or on a on a hash, and you run right down the line, right, and so you get fitted up. If you're going inside zone right, you take your step over the line, take your second leg and drive it right through right through their crotch, and you just drive all the way up. And your left foot stays on that line the whole way you're, 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 you're running down, right? You can truly see that happen in the game. They are fitting up. They are driving. They're putting their foot right through their crotch, and they are driving down the line. And it, it, it's very cool to see um, back to where we were when I played of – we also threw the ball 60, 70 times a game. I, we, we didn't, but now we've become more of a little bit of a running team. We've got a one hell of a running back. He's, if not the best in AIA, he's top three. Um, and you give him a little hole and by doing those drills and he's gone, man, he's, he's special, but yeah, it's like you said, the drill work, you have to kind of cater to what you have. And if you don't, you're, you're only hurting yourself. Like the duck walk as a place for like, I, wing T teams may not do this, but a scheme like that where they're close to the guy, you don't have time to run the feet. It's like, because I played in the power eye option offense in high school. Yeah. So like, that's what we did. I learned, that's all I've learned. That's all I knew at the time was six, six, seven, six, seven, you duck walk. We had the sandbags. You got to hold them and squat down and like. Bring your head. <laughs> And then when you got fancy and had the ones with the holes. So as a lineman, you had to move them. So your yeah. hands would be quicker. So you're duck walking, and then he'd like hit, and you have to move them. And that's the old school days. And I'm like, no, I couldn't do that now. But And then uh, you're talking about inside zone. So I'm going to tell you our inside zone. It's not, but it is. That's where football gets complicated, maybe. 
So when I got to Glenbard East, you know, everybody's inside zone's the same. Step to the right, step to the left, you're going up the field, blah, blah, blah. We felt like if you have athletic linemen to do that, to where you can get one-on-one or go get a linebacker, that works perfect. We had a good line, but we didn't have the line that was going to one-on-one block all the time or or go meet a linebacker. So we said, what if we just double team all over the place? So it looks like I've been told, and I didn't know it at the time, we just kind of did it. Yeah, Yeah, it's duo. You're just not blocking the end. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. But then we take – so we took gap scheme blocking. But then once you double team and you're getting to the back, it now becomes a zone thing where, like, now you're responsible for this. And it's not always going to be double teams. Depending on the lineup, we may still have to go there. Yeah. But we also did it that way because we were like, if we get four yards on inside zone, we're our inside zone, we're okay. And if you if you keep doing it, there will be a cutback eventually, even with those double teams. There's going to be one somewhere. Yeah. Um, and then we stole reps for power because we were doing this. It's almost the same blocking scheme. Sure. So I know it's not true inside zone. But it's funny that you say that because literally yesterday, and I, I'm not bullshitting you, yesterday we – that's exactly – we literally just put that play in, except we kind of made it our, our triple option, right? So we're doing that. We're doubling up. Inside zone step so, but we're doubling up to the back, leaving the end alone, and we've got our our um, Z or Y coming around. So you're there to hand off. If the hole's there, take it. If the end crashes, the quarterback's taking it around, and he's got the pitch man right there to, to pitch it off. And, and and again, we we have a coach on our staff who's 74, 75, and he ran nothing but beer option. So we put it in, and we're like, hey, buddy, this plays for you. You know, it's 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 a beer option as the inside zone. It's it's really funny uh, that you say that though, because we literally just did that. And yeah, you can call it duo, but it's still inside zone with the steps you're taking and what you're reading. It, there, there's there's it's really no different, right? I mean, well, like where where I get the crap because I one day I I did this for a guy named Coach Banstro who has a YouTube channel and stuff. And so he told me it was duo. So every time I said something, I goes, no, that's duo. That's not inside zone. It's duo. He's just poking my button. He's pushed my button. Yeah. So one day I posted on social media and I'm like, guys, can you tell me what this is? And I should never have done it because <laughs> your zone gurus came out of the woodwork and said, no, that's duo. Somebody said I didn't have the running back drawn up right. So it was, I'm like, what? Um, no, it's like, so our, like a right tackle, his responsibility is head up to outside. So sure. if you head up, you take them. Just like inside zone, you set up, you take them. Outside, you take them. Our guard, I tell them, okay, it's kind of uncovered, covered rules, but I said, okay, it's basically, is there a guy on you? Take him. Is there a guy to your right away from you? You take him. Is there nobody? Look to your left. And this is probably where you as a O-line coach like, this guy's stupid. No, I said, you know, I say on, away, or down. That's my thing. Okay. So if there's somebody on you, take him, obviously. If someone away from you, take him. If there's not, there's probably somebody down. Yeah. In that one tech. And I'm like, that's where you got to go. But I said, but your responsibility is you're going to aim for this side of the number. And the center is going to aim for the other side of the number. At least give him a hand. That center is probably going to overtake him. So that's where comes our zone concept where once he gets him and you guys build that wall, you go get the first backer that appears. Yeah. Now, then then they say, well, coach, well, if there's no one on me away or down. Good question. Which where, Where's the play going? Uh, to the right? And I said, then it's zoned to the right. That means they got a zero tech. I don't care. You need to go that way. Yeah. And you better get there fast and on that backer quick. 
Right, and and, and I'm I'm back in the day we wanted that kill shot, right? And I now yeah. I've, I've adapted. I said if you just get in his way, I'm fine with it. Our running I'll, backs are good enough now to where they can read that and go. Yeah, I agree. All I care about is the head placement. You could just get in the way as long as your head placement's in the right spot. I don't care if you touch him. If you're in the way and it makes it makes him go around you, we should already be going. Be going. Absolutely. No, I, I completely agree. And see, that's that's also another uh, rabbit hole you can get down is, is coaches on Twitter. You know, um, some of them are just laugh out loud funny. You, you see them post stuff at the. I got all these brand new, you know, concepts of of throwing, and then they put the same exact stuff they put. 10 years ago out and just call it a different name. And it's like, dude, come on. Like you are not reinventing offense. You, you, it's not possible because every people are way smarter than I started football before. us. So when you get here, don't, you know, don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. You're not, you're not um, better than everyone else because you, you thought of a new name for something, you know, it's, it's, it's just, uh, it's funny to see though, like when you, when you get on Twitter and, all these coaches who are, are the greatest things in sliced bread. And, and don't get me wrong, a lot of them are very smart guys. They know exactly what they're talking about, and they, they do well with it. Um, but let's not act like we're better than everyone else because you're coming up with the same exact stuff people already know. You know, it's it's, it's funny. Yeah, yeah, I'd rather learn. So, like – Yes, exactly. For example, like I could have been just now, when you said inside zone, I take the step to the right, my feet are running. I could have easily said, no, that's an inside zone, it's this. And I could have told you my way and said – Oh yeah, but this is inside zone. You can be like, well, it's the same. It, it, I mean, you're just double teaming. Yeah, like, and and, and instead of talking, yeah, I think you're right. It's talking down to someone, right? You're like, uh, well, I'm better than you, so listen to me. Well, it's like, no, I'd rather learn. Let me, you know, I I don't read books to have people yell at me. I read books because I enjoy learning and I want I want to uh, understand something better. I don't read them so people can tell me that I'm wrong. That just seems silly. Right. It, it, and sometimes people might say not to think they're talking down, but I've told younger coaches, you have to learn. Like when you said that just now, I could have said, oh, well, for us on inside zone, we do this. Like, what do you think about this? Is that similar to what you do? That's a way to go about it. So like, even though you may not agree, I may not, I'm not saying I don't, but I'm saying an example, if I didn't agree with you, this would be a nice way to say it. But also be like, I can learn. Like when I was OC, I had a, we had a, year and a half coach i think he coached jfl then he was up as a freshman coach put him in the box he was so excited uh what year would i've been coaching like my eighth or ninth year so i've done it a little bit i remember at halftime we go in we're losing we were moving the ball and then i think we threw in something happened we just didn't complete it and it was halftime he came in and this is what he said to me and you tell me if i had the right to be pissed off he comes in and he goes why would you call that at the end of the half that was like the first <laughs> mile, mile. And I said, what did you just say? Oh, God. I literally sat there, and I had huddle sideline, and I'm like, what did you just say? And he goes, well, what, what in the world would make you want to call that? They were lined up this way. And I said, could you walk out of the room and then come oh, back in? And he started to go off, and so the coach told him to get out. Now, like, I didn't. I told him, I was like, get him off the headset. I don't want him around. Then, like, a couple of days later, I said, hey, I'm not the best coach in the world, but I've been around. Here's how you handle that situation. You could have came in and said, "Hey, Steve, when you called flood, I'm just I think I don't remember. Let's say you called flood. Why? What? What did you see? And stuff like that. And there's a way to ask me. And I'd yeah. be like, "Oh yeah, I saw a one high. I saw a safety drop down. I figured we could, you know, run that out route, you know, a certain way or whatever. That would have been a way to do it. 
Then if you didn't like the call, if you deeply didn't like it, you could have said, oh, well, usually when they do one high, there's this. So maybe this could be open. Yeah. Right, right. Exactly. Instead of, oh, man, that would just. That's the worst. But I will also say, um, I think we've all had those moments in our, our coaching career, too, where you're like, man, what? what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And and I think that's a big learning step too, though. So, I mean, I think that's a great way that you handled that talking to him later on, because if you didn't, then this guy now thinks that stuff like that's okay. And a lot of coaches actually end up doing that, or they'll be talking bad behind the coach's back to other coaches instead of coming to someone and, and, and talking it out in, in a right way. And I, when I was at Marion, I told you the story before we started here, but I had one head coach and then a second head coach. Um, and me and the second head coach butted heads big time. Um, and I wish I, at the time, had someone to sit me down and kind of be like, hey, man, um, relax a little. Obviously, you guys don't agree, so let's talk it out instead of, you know, being combatant with each other. Um, there was obviously bigger issues, you know, in in, in the long run, but – instead of being combative off the jump because I thought I was right and he thought he was right, let's, you know, talk, let's talk it out instead. Um, which I think is a, is a huge learning moment for a lot of coaches to, you may think you know it all, but let me tell you, you don't. There's people who've been here doing a lot longer than we have. And, and, and the more you can learn from them, the much better off that you're going to be, especially when you're a, you're a young gun coming in it. 19 20 21 and you think you're ready to own the world and you're in the box for the first time and oh man i can't wait to put up 90 in the first game it's like you're not going to man and then you're gonna have some games where you put up zero and you're gonna have to learn how to deal with that yeah and it's funny because if i was in his shoes i probably done the same thing that's the sad thing yeah and then i even because like i told him i said well the funny was it was a friday night then i didn't see him saturday or sunday then Monday is when I did it. I was like, okay, we've had 48 hours. Yeah. He's going to be in the box. I might as well talk to this guy and help him out. Cause I said, I would have done the same thing. And then I realized how much mature I've got because at the last school I was at, the young coaches listening, you are going to get in debates and disagree with coaches you work with. It's going to happen. Probably more often than you actually think, too. More often. Now, it's because we're all kind of like alpha males or we're kind of like have our own idea. All coaches have egos, and if you say you don't, you're wrong. And that happened at the last school I was at. You know, he could tell I was frustrated Friday night about something. We were all frustrated, and then I was frustrated about something on that Saturday watching film. We took Sunday to kind of go our own ways, and Monday the head coach sends me a text. He goes, Hey, during study tables, can you come talk to me? And I'm thinking I'm fired. You know, that's the first thing I'm assistant coach, like I'm fired. No, I go in and he goes, Hey, you're a little frustrated. What's going on. And so we talked about it. We canned it out. And next thing you know, we're all, we're all good. Like if we were both, we're both the same age too. He's a young head coach. If we were both young, we even said this. We're like, we were both younger. (laughs) This would not have ended up well. (laughs) Well, he's in better shape than me. I was like, you would have kicked my ass. That's probably what would happen. He's a power lifter. And stuff. like, you would have kicked my ass. That's probably what would happen. But and so, you know, and it's crazy what you learn, how to say things. And yeah, we're all going to get frustrated in practice. It's how you handle it either after practice or the next day of that morning. Be like, oh, it's done. We're good. Like, it's nothing. Right. And you, and, and you try to leave it on the field, right? You try not to bring it out and make you not like that person as a person. Obviously, you're both coaches. 
things are going to get heated. It happens. You're losing. You give up a big play. Your, your guy fumbles, and instead of being mad at the kid that fumbles, you're mad at the coach who called the play to make him fumble, right? And so you're yelling back and forth at each other, and, and, and that stuff happens a lot. But then, one, you leave it on the field, and two, um, you need to make sure that you're coming back together and talking about, hey, man, I didn't mean that. I, you know, our, our head coach, he'll, he'll punch you. Right. When you when you do something like uh, I remember last year, a guy, uh, one of our linemen went out with cramps and I didn't see it because he kind of was laying on the sideline. I didn't see him and I didn't see him come out. And so I got a punch right in the shoulder of, you know, what <laughs> what the hell? Why don't you have another guy up and running? I didn't even see him come out. Sorry, dude. And then the next day he comes up to me or I'm sorry, next Monday, I probably say, hey, you know, I apologize. I, I didn't I didn't mean to do that to you. I, you know, things. Yeah, I was like water under the bridge man who cares you know that's you get heated in football and you get mad and that happens and, you know you kind of gotta one you gotta learn to know that you're not always right and you are going to get yelled at and two you kind of gotta also know where to draw the line of 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 being overly you know an ass to someone and trying to help them learn as well i want to write a book on all of this like before this conversation even happened i thought about this before I have a title of it already. I have a title and a chapter, actually. I thought about this. Not saying I'm not a successful coach by any means, but I'm like, there's not a lot of material telling young coaches what's about to happen and like how you're supposed to conduct yourself. You're absolutely right. Now, now I like it because I had to learn it myself, but I also am like, I want to help somebody. And so if I could write a book about my experiences, like I was dumb. I've had coaches say this to me and how I handle it. And like, nobody will buy it. But I'm like, you would think that there was something out there for that. You're you're absolutely right. You've got every coach book in the world to how they became great or what makes them great or their X's and O's and why they're better. But you're right. There's nothing. There's no story or book out there on how to become just a coach, you know, just um, learning what it takes to. Uh, when you first get in, you better make sure that all your bags are set up for for the drills or you're going to get reamed by that head coach and you better be ready for that reaming because you didn't do your job, you know, uh, of always doing the job the way um, whether you think it's right or not, your head coach thinks it's right. And so you better start doing it the way that he likes it and what he's doing and adapt to that and then learn of what you think is right about what he's doing and what you think is wrong about what he's doing. So when one day you become that head coach, how do you put all of that together? I no, you're absolutely right. I that would be a unbelievable book to write because there isn't that. There is no. Now everybody's situation is going to be different, right? You know, uh, 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 people like Sean McVay who grow up around pro coaches all the time is going to be a little bit different than you and I who you know came from small high schools and and learned to do what we do. But for everybody that there's ten thousand of us compared to the one McVay. You know, and, and I think that would be beyond helpful. I'm saying like there's more of us than there's more of him. Yeah. And then if you read, I've, I've started to read books again like crazy. They give you snippets of like their struggles, if that makes sense. Like nothing against them. Like I read Nick Saban books. I'm reading the Pete Carroll yeah. book. They give you snippets. Um, But again, they're different. They, there's... There's not many Nick Sabers, there's not many Pete Carrolls, there's not many Urban Myers, Bill Belichick's. There's more of us than there is. One million percent. And I just want to tell these guys, I want them to read it so when they're 18, 20 years old, 
don't go under the coach and say, pay me. I know everything. Cause I played in high school. <laughs> Cause we all did that. I played in high school. I'm like I know everything. Yeah. Um, and didn't have, didn't have a damn clue about what was actually going on. No, you know? no. Like, and, like, and you'd like to think you did because you played, but sitting, you know, playing and being on the field is, I, I, that is probably the biggest difference of, I thought I knew what was going on and I thought them calling in plays was easy or whatever they were doing was something simple. And you don't really understand the amount of work that it actually takes to even put together one game plan, let alone a season full of them, you know? Yeah. And this is not a knock against my head coach. The offense we ran, I couldn't tell you what a one tech meant. Because we were an option team. It was down, 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 don't block him. We didn't care. Yeah. Like, I didn't know what a one tech was. I didn't know what you meant by five tech. I didn't know what you meant by, oh, it goes from five to seven. Like, I didn't know that. Like, um, I knew gaps. I knew there was A, B, C, D. And yeah. that was it. And I said, hey, we don't, on 12 option, I don't block him. <laughs> on speed option or 14, we don't block him. And yeah. that was all I knew. And, you know, so good. And that's all I knew. I coached at the same high school too. I went back and coached for him. That's all I knew. So when I went to the next school, the head coach was like, oh yeah, we do this. Well, I already kind of had an idea, but that's what he used. He used one technique. He goes, oh yeah, I blocked the one tech. We got to block the three tech. And as I'm learning, I'm like, what are you talking about? I knew it like from research. But like, we didn't have all of this stuff to research. And so at the time you had to talk to people. And so it was like one tech. What are you talking about? Yeah, what, what, what do we got going on here? Tech. Like, where's the option at? Like, we were yeah. <laughs> So I'm like, where's the option at? Uh, you know, I can do it a little bit. It's called zone. I'm like, zone? What are you talking about? Zone? I thought you played zone defense. <laughs> yeah, I was like, is this cover two or cover three? <laughs> you know, same thing when I played D-line in high school. I didn't know what the linebackers were doing. I could give a rat's ass what they were doing. Yeah. No, you're right. I didn't know if they were blitzing. I didn't know. This is all I asked them to do. Pat me on the hip the way you want me to go, and I'll get out of the way. Yeah, I'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. And act like you're telling me something. You just pat me on the thigh pad, and like, this is the way I want you to go. <laughs> if you don't touch my thigh pad, I'm just going to go straight forward. Go straight. Yeah. And I'm going to read where I'm supposed to read. And I didn't know they were playing cover two, cover three, blitzing this. I don't care. Right. As a high school kid, that's the thing we make mistakes of. We think these kids, now you are a little different, but high school, we think they love football the same way we do. At least you coach kids that absolutely love football. Right. Yeah. But but I had I mean the same struggle, right? I mean, when I was when I was coaching high school, you or you go in there thinking that these kids know football, right? And I would say, especially where I started coaching, 80% didn't play grade school football. So they came in because their friend was doing it, right? Or their brother played. So here I am. And I was like, oh, my God. So, I mean, you're starting from from ground zero. And as a varsity football coach, hell, even as a freshman football coach, you don't think you're starting from absolute ground zero of, of even getting them into a stance, you know. But you've got to teach that. And I think, I mean, obviously that's like the best jump from, not to go back to what we are talking about, but that's the best jump from high school to college. I recruited you, so I know that you already know how to get in your stance. I know how you, you know, you know where high school football, it's like, dude, it, I you're a great athlete, but you don't know anything that you're doing out here. Sorry. Like, I don't know how we're going to play it. You know, it's tough. That is a, and, and one thing I truly don't miss about high school football is the teaching of the absolute basics of football, but you're, you're right. And again, that's 
something that would go in that book, right? Of you better be ready to teach the absolute basics and um, and 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 know how to teach those basics. Otherwise, those kids are going to be screwed for the rest of their football career. Even at the varsity level, like all I've done is coach varsity. I've been pretty lucky. Like, and I'm bragging. It was thrown into the fire. It was helping my head coach. I goes, you're going to learn from me. You're going to be up here. A part of me is like, I kind of wish I went to freshman because then I could really learn that. But yeah. even at the varsity level, you shouldn't be doing that stuff. But there is times where you're going to get a kid and you just got to do it. Yeah. Um, especially for me, if I'm going to a new place, we're all new coaching staff. You don't have time to wait for those freshmen to get to you. Like you're like, like me, I'm a run game coordinator online coach my first year. They're going to learn my way. Yeah. So the contact days was like, oh, this is how my stance looks. This is how my footwork's going to look. This is how my inside zone works. We're not going <laughs> to go the right up the field because we can't. We're going to double team. Yeah. This is how I'm going to do it. So maybe they, people need to know that. Like, you're not going to walk into a varsity team and they're just going to know. Right. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's completely different. And like you said, you're going in and, and teaching – something different than what they may have known for three years in that system, right? Or you can be going anywhere uh, to any different high school and they could be running veer option and you're going in there and changing it to an air raid team. Well, you better start teaching pass sets or you're going to be in big trouble. Yeah. Yeah. So it's. Well, that's the other part of the book is I kind of want to tell people, don't just jump to varsity because you want to wear the headset. Yeah. The headset's cool. Don't get me wrong. It's cool to be on the side of the headset. It's cool to be in the press box. You might be in the press box as a freshman, sophomore coach because they need somebody up there. Yeah. So part of me is like, don't do what I did and go straight to varsity. Yeah. It was cool, but it just ramped up my brattiness of, I know everything. Yeah. Go to the freshman level and learn how to tie the cleats. I'll tell you this, like that's where you learn equipment. Yeah. Oh my God, which is the worst part of football. <laughs> I don't think you need to know. Like, you realize that you're going to fix the shoulder pads. You're going to figure out how to fit them in a helmet. Yeah. You're going to figure out how those shoulder pads fit. You're going to figure out this. Do you not realize that? No, we, because we, you're a player. You didn't know. Right. Exactly. You don't. You don't have a clue of what actually goes into it. it it's you're absolutely right. Because, like I told you earlier. We, um, I went into it. I was student teaching at a high school and I went into it as unpaid freshman coach, um, which also 1 million percent I loved, right? Because one, I was brand new to coaching and two, those guys on that staff were, are, are some of my best friends now, right? You, you, you kind of grow with that staff and become very good friends with them because you're, you're in the weeds together, man. <laughs> like you said, you're fitting these pads, you're, you're, you're finding 15 different mouthpieces and chin straps all over the gym floor out on the field and trying to figure out whose it is. And, and, and then on top of that, you got to try to teach these kids how to play football. It's, it's, it's not easy. It's not, it's not, you know, I know it seems glorified on TV, but it certainly isn't easy when it comes down to freshman level football. No. Well, coach, I took a lot of your time. I told you we're going to talk about rabbit holes. Um, (laughs) I appreciate you coming on, taking a lot of time. I didn't realize. I looked. I was like, oh, it's 925, and we've been on here for a while. You're all good, man. I loved it. This is awesome. No, I appreciate you. Um, we'll have to get you back on later on. Uh, you're going to start your season soon, I think. Yeah. Yeah, we start. Uh, first game is February 6th. Ooh. And you're just starting practice. Like, Yeah. We Our first game is supposedly March 5th. Right. First practice is February 15th. In quotes, right? In quotes. So, 
All right. Well, thank you so much. Guys listening, stay safe. Wear your mask so we can have sports, please. Yeah, please. And thank you. And I'll see you guys next time.